Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather's podcast. I'm your host, meteorologist Regina Miller, and I'm joined in the studio by Ken Pro and Andy Robb. Hello, guys. Hi, Regina. Hi there. Glad you guys can sit down with me after uh, hopefully you ate way too much for Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm that's a little stuffed. Are you? That's what that's what the season's for. Absolutely. My body now consists of 80% gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting and watching football. He's Just over there. He's sweating over there. Gravy. Sweating <laughs> beads of gravy coming down his forehead. Well, yeah, no. Great time. Hopefully, uh, did you enjoy your uh, holiday? Oh, yeah. I had a great time. I always love to spend time with uh, my kids were in town. You oh, know? great. So uh, they're both, you know, adults living their lives. Oh. So it's always nice to get them back home. And uh, Andy, you cooked. So how did that go? <laughs> I didn't burn the joint down. Oh, good. So. Well, there you go. Small successes. <laughs> yeah. Things to be thankful for Absolutely. on Thanksgiving. So, Absolutely. Well, one of the things that's a, a big deal in central Pennsylvania, as well as lots of areas in the country right after the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, is folks heading out to the woods going hunting. And so this week we bring in a meteorologist, Dave Dombeck. I see, uh, Ken, you've got your fluorescent orange uh, yes. uh, vest today <laughs> and first. your hat. Yeah, so you're you're all set for this to go out in the woods, but <laughs> actually, no, uh, Dave, he doesn't have it. He's wearing red. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Dave Dombeck, he's an avid hunter and sportsman. So for this week's podcast, he decided to talk to Matt Drury of Drury Outdoors, and he also has a very popular podcast called 100% Wild. So the two of them got to uh, spend some time talking about the different effects that weather can have on hunting, how game reacts, and uh, what to expect when you're heading out into the woods, you know, for the average uh, sportsman. Yeah, if you've ever checked out the Outdoor Channel, uh, Drury Outdoors actually has a television show. They've got their 100% Wild podcast, like you said, really one of the premier names in outdoor and hunting. So we'll have all that coming up. In just a little bit. Right. Stay with us. From AccuWeather's Global Headquarters in State College, Pennsylvania, it's everything under the sun. Here's your host, Regina Miller. Well, joining me on the phone right now is Matt Drury from uh, Drury Outdoors and also one of the hosts of the 100% Wild podcast. And uh, Matt, I want to thank you for taking a little time to uh, talk to me today. No, thank you guys for having me on. Recently, you talked to our meteorologist Dave Dombeck on your show, 100% Wild, and uh, I wanted to let you know he's in the studio with me today as well. Hey. Awesome. What's up, man? Hey, hey Matt. How you doing? We have, had a great uh, time with your podcast, and it sounded really great. I had a good time with that. It was real fun. Yeah, you know, after we got done with, with uh, that podcast, I really sat and thought about some of the things that you brought up during it, and I thought, you know what, it'd be nice to just 
bring him on staff full time. <laughs> <laughs> you got a new job, my part time job. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, uh, Matt, I grew up in central Pennsylvania, so I had you know mostly white tailed de- deer hunters in the family, but also some black bear. I wanted to ask you and Dave about some of the different types of weather and how it impacts the movement of the animals. Mm-hmm. For example, both of you had asked, what does temperature do to impact, okay, let's say, for example, the white-tailed deer. How does that impact the movement of the animal, but also like how you hunt in that situation? In my experiences in, you know, later in the season now, as we get into rifle season, what I've noticed is on, on really mild, balmy days, uh, especially if it's later in the season, there's not many hunters out, maybe it's the middle of the week. The deer just don't seem to move as much as they do when it's cold. Uh, when it's really cold, they do tend to move. Well, let's face it, I mean, they probably have to move be, to stay warm. Um, that's one thing. And, of course, from a comfort standpoint, I mean, you know, you, I don't have to tell you what it's like being on a stand when it's, you know, 18 degrees out and the wind's blowing. And, you know, from a comfort standpoint, I'd love to have it 45 or 50 or whatever but you know it's, you got to strike a balance in there and too cold is no good and, and too warm is no good right i think i think as much as anything it's a, a difference in temperature there's a few things that play a part their need to feed so if it's going to get really cold they just have that sense that hey i need to get a full belly here because there might be some days where I, i'm laying there not moving at all and conserving energy especially as you know, winter comes and the colder it gets. But if you're in the early season, really throughout the entire season, changes in temperature play a major part in deer moving. So in the early season, temperature drop is a huge deal. And and the later in the season you get, you know, and where it's always cold, when it warms up, sometimes that, that can be a good deal. So, but pressure more than anything, barometric pressure plays a huge role in that, especially in the late season say 30.3 30.4 30.5 if you're getting really extremely high pressure towards you know december january on those bluebird days deer will move really really well on those days when you see that high pressure especially if it's rising a lot of times that comes with a change in temperature and they got a need to feed especially in the late season there they got to get their fat levels up for the winter if there's some heavy snows and you know, they, they can sense all that stuff. So when the change in temperature is coming, usually that's correlated with some sort of really cold drop in, in temperature or a storm coming or whatever the case may be, usually you're seeing some sort of weather pattern that comes with those big changes in temperature. Now, say if it's 25 degrees for 10 days straight, you're not going to see a lot of difference in movement. Their normal feeding patterns and habits kind of stay with them. But if it's 30 degrees for five days and then all of a sudden it's going to be 15 degrees, you could bet they're going to get up and move and feed. And that's some of the things that we try to capitalize. That's a good point, Matt. And and also I've noticed before a big storm, oftentimes right before, like hours before precipitation starts from a big storm, you'll see a little bit more aggressive feeding uh, by deer at that time. Absolutely. Yep. You know, it's weird. It's like a, a dog, you know, they always say before a earthquake or something, they kind of have this weird sense and start acting strange. They know something's mm-hmm. about to happen. You know, it, it's weird. Animals just know when those weather patterns come in and feel like you kind of can predict these things based on how well you guys predict the weather. You know, it helps us hunters predict, you know what, I think they're going to move tonight. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm curious, so for example, 
are you trying to get out like if there's going to be a storm coming in do you want to get out then to do hunting right before the, before storm, the storm because that's when you've got them out and about because they hunker down like people do right yeah they they're not dumb <laughs> <laughs> right if it's a if it's a bad storm they're going to be they're going to be bedded down hunkering down especially the worse the storm is more precipitation and strong winds and everything they're not going to be moving around and so you want to hit that either before or right after is these ideal times. During a storm, I mean, sometimes that's the day you have the hunt and you have no choice. You're out right. there and you you could still fill a tag. You could still bag a, bag a deer on those days, but it's much tougher. And, of course, just from a comfort standpoint, whether you're dealing with a driving rain or uh, maybe you're in a snowstorm and snow is good on the ground, but in the, in the middle of a blizzard, you can't see that your visibility. And so you might as well hang it up as far as trying to hunt on a day like that. They're a lot like humans. You know, when a big storm comes, everybody goes to the store and they get the <laughs> bread and the milk and the eggs. And, you know, they <laughs> yep. Well, they, guess what? The, the deer, they go and they feed. And then when the storm's happening, you're in your house. You know, you're hunkered down. They're bedded up and they aren't moving. They're conserving energy. They're, they're staying out of the elements the best they can. And then once the storm lifts, it's over. Then they'll get back up and they'll feed again, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of correlations there. I mean, a deer will take the path of least resistance almost every time they can. Yep. Right. What impact does wind have on the movement of the animal? And I know you and Dave, I think, talked about this on your podcast as well. Mm-hmm. In our opinion, there's several variations here. So if it's you know if there's no wind, zero to five mile an hour, next to no wind, they're not going to move well. It's really still. They mm-hmm. get really uneasy. It, it's just weird. They do not move well. If it's like 7 mile an hour to, say, 12 to 15 mile an hour, that's when we seem to see our best movement. And then once you get up past, you know, in the, the 20s and, and you really high winds and 30s and gusts like that, boy, you really do not see a lot of deer move during those periods because they get super goosey. Like they think something's over their shoulder trying to get them every, every time a wind gust comes through. Oh, so wow. th- there's kind of a fine line there of, of what we've seen of, of when they would like to move. Okay, so there's like yep. a sweet spot there because mm-hmm. if it's too little wind, they get spooky because it's too quiet or too still. And if there's too much wind, they get spooky, but there's kind of like a, a just a sweet spot where they'll move around. Absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that. I think that's probably, that's that's certainly uh, the case. And I think you're right when it's so windy and, and the fact that sometimes it gets almost to the point of being dangerous in the woods because you hear, you know, branches crashing down out of the trees and everything blowing down. You know, the deer get really, like you said, they really get spooky on those days, and they're always, like, looking over their shoulders because there's so much noise uh, going on. Exactly. They think a predator's after them every, every time a wind gust comes through and something, you know, the corn's moving or branches are moving or the leaves or whatever. They feel like, you know, they are always heads are always bobbing up and looking back. You know, right. their ears, if you watch their ears, they're constantly moving back and forth listening for for that and so if the wind's real high that one of their defense mechanisms is more or less down they can't hear when something's coming after them you know correct yeah see and i wondered i had thought well maybe if the forest was noisy because there was like more gusty winds that it would be better for the hunter because i thought it might hide the sound of hunters walking through the woods but then i was like well i don't know maybe it picks up the hunter's sense too and kind of takes that downwind so i wasn't sure what all parts that played in it certainly helps you and your cause but for the most part most hunters aren't 
Now, there's certainly, you know, I know there's a lot of traditions where people go on deer drives and they're walking through the timber and all that stuff, but realistically, they're not worried about a deer hearing them anyways because they got about 10 people walking through the woods. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. True. <laughs> you know, your hardcore guys that are trying to bow hunt and, and hunt every day, they're using, you know, they're getting in at times where deer typically aren't moving, and that noise of them getting in and out, you still are trying to be very quiet, but... It, it's not a make-or-break scenario, typically. Because they're already in place. Right. By the time the deer get moving, they're already in place. And I noticed the uh, map from, uh, from a hunter's standpoint, and again, this is especially talking later in the season, rifle season, and it's colder. If they're, if you're not going to have snow on the ground, that's the ideal. I'd love to have you know fresh snow on the ground. It doesn't always work, and more often than not, you know, here in Pennsylvania, you know, it, it usually doesn't. Uh, but some years you do. But I'd love to have it when it's really quiet and, and very little wind in the morning and it's cold. And so it's like the crunchiness of those leaves that are frozen. You could hear like a chipmunk, you know, a half a mile away on those mornings. So you could hear, you could really rely on your, your sense of hearing as a hunter a lot better on those mornings than when it's windy. Absolutely. Those mornings, that's when you... you hear 50 squirrels that you think are 50 whitetails yep yep <laughs> there's usually though there's a pattern i and i and usually it's like with the squirrels you know it's like a burst and then stop whereas with a deer it's more you know it's pretty steady it's steady you know you could i mean and even then you could get fooled though you know and i was wondering too you were talking about snow so what's a good amount to you guys and what's a bad amount like how much is just right how much is too much I guess it probably depends on the area because, you know, certain areas you, your deer or your habitat is accustomed to certain snowfall. So mm-hmm. if you have a foot of snow come down in Iowa or Missouri and you're not typically used to getting that, I, I'm sure that's a detriment to movement. They're going to move really well before that, I bet money, you know, because they know a storm's coming. But uh, it might be a day, you know, it might it might be the first real sunny day, bluebird sky day until they get back up and, and move again. Yeah, from my standpoint, if I had to pick my ideal amount of snow, and it w- again, it would be a fresh snow. You don't want snow that's crusty and hard, and it's been there for a week and a half, and you know you're looking at uh, at tracks in there from from ten days ago or whatever. Uh, a real fresh, you know, in the last twenty four hours that, that it had snowed, not a lot, but more than an inch, and maybe less than three or four. You know, in that one to four inch range, you know, one or two or three inches is perfect. Uh, just any amount of white in the in the woods is so much. I mean, trying to uh, see a, a brown animal against a brown background versus just any amount of white, it's so much you know better with your visibility on days like that. And it certainly helps after the shot takes place and trailing them and yes. trying to recover your animal. Absolutely it helps in that regard as well. It's it's no. It just seems like it it makes hunting a little bit easier in some regards, but. That weather pattern is the reason why you can succeed in, in getting a deer up on its feet in daylight and moving and, and trying to capitalize on being in the right position to make the shot is because that pattern is making the move to go feed. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, how does fog affect hunting for the average hunter going out, or how does it affect movement of the animal? Personally, I feel like that kind of weather pattern brings it, it's a, you know, if you're talking like November, early November, late October, that brings with it the type of weather scenario that deer like to move in. It's right around the rut typically, and those are the kind of days that I think whitetail hunters dream of, a kind of a foggy, wet 
dreary kind of a day that's a little chilly, a little crispness to the air. That seems to me like that's the time of year that deer like to really, those are the conditions they like to get up and move on. As I was going to say, Matt, as long as the fog's not so dense, like it's zero visibility and you can't see, you know, five feet in front of your face, <laughs> and then, sure. then you could pretty much forget hunting on those days. And I know, you know, where I hunt in Pennsylvania here with the ridges and valleys, and I typically hunt on top of a ridge where my stand is, there are times when, you know, we get whether it's raining or drizzling, uh, whatever, and the air is actually blowing the, up the ridge, up, uh, up the mountaintop there, and you're in the clouds. Um, so it's not necessarily that stable, you know, late night, early morning, what we call radiation fog from a clear sky and the light winds and everything. This is happening, you're basically right in the clouds, uh, and it oftentimes it's associated with a storm or approaching storm or storm ongoing and boy those those are very frustrating and I remember uh, several years ago you know the the fog basically was coming in and out and in and out sometimes the visibility would increase to about a hundred yards and you know you could see pretty well other times you couldn't see right in front of your face you were right the fog came right in and you were in the clouds essentially and so yeah and if it were to stay that way you'd almost have to just quit your hunting for the day because it was just it was you couldn't see well and if that fog coincides with low pressure yep. you know 29.95 and, and and lower you know 28 like deer typically don't move very well on low pressure days right so i don't know you guys would have to tell me if fog kind of associates with low pressure days i wouldn't think they would move overly great in all scenarios there right yeah there's the two types of fog there's the fair weather higher pressure fog and that's in the valleys and you know that fall type fog late night early morning but then there's the low pressure the fog that's associated with low pressure and rain and precipitation yeah and that's that's a whole nother process that that causes that like i said in, in those cases you're essentially in the clouds and in yeah. those cases, I would assume, too, and I could be wrong about this, uh, Dave, but I would think your visibility is going to stay not great mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of times in those low-pressure, fog, drizzly, rainy, kind doesn't of cloudy, change much. it hour, doesn't change much hour, hour, hour by hour. But yep. then also, I would imagine it causes issues with binoculars, mm-hmm. like your sight fogging up. Fogging up, yep. yeah. So I would think yep. that would create some problems for sure. that. Sure, a lot, lot of issues there. Right. Yep. I'm going to ask each of you, if you had to pick your absolute favorite hunting day, what would it be? For me, it's, it's a high-pressure day where the pressure is rising. So anything above 29.95, once you get over 30 and rising, bluebird skies, uh, winds in the 7 to 9 mile an hour, temperatures below average for that day, whatever the time of year is, if it's below average for that temperature for that time of year, that day, those are conditions that they typically get up on their feet and move pretty well. Yeah, and I guess for me, since uh, I'm more of, you know, in later season, the rifle season, and here in Pennsylvania, my ideal day would probably be, you know, have some sun out, you know, have it bright enough, because let's face it, you know, you get into this time of the year, the days are pretty short, you're limited with your daylight, so you got to take advantage of every every ounce of daylight you have but this time of the year if you happen to depending on where you're posting if where your stand is uh, let's say you you had your stand and you're facing to the southeast which I kind of my stand is sort of facing to the east or east southeast if it's a real sunny morning then it's almost like you're moving around it's like the sun is blinding you in the eyes because of the low sun angle this time of the year or in the afternoon late afternoon facing to the southwest this time of year 
So I like some amount of sun, but, you know, some clouds as well, sort of a, a blend, a mix. Obviously, I'd want it dry. I don't want to be, uh, you know, hunting in, in precipitation, in rain or snow, especially a bad storm. As for, you know, snow on the ground, my preference would be to have, you know, one or two or three inches of fresh fallen snow. And temperature-wise, I wouldn't want it. Yeah, it's all it's great to be on your stand and it's, you know, 60 degrees out. It's real comfortable. And but I don't mind if it's in the 30s or maybe low 40s or whatever. I, I, I certainly like that better than if it's 15 with a wind chill, you know, below zero. True. <laughs> wind chill below he, zero would be pretty miserable. You can miserable. tell he does that for a living. <laughs> yeah, he's got, it, he, he's got it all figured out, Matt. He knows which direction you need to face and where uh, the wind is going to be and the sun angle. So he's got a little advantage. But, the, you know, the other thing I wanted to just kind of briefly talk about, just because I'm, I'm sure you guys hear about this, but, you know, because weather, too, can impact the safety of the mm-hmm. hunter because every year, I, at least – where we live every year i'll hear of someone who died hunting Mm -hmm. um because of heart issues or being you know most years because i've i did news in the past there would be somebody Mm -hmm. um who that would be an issue with because i was thinking especially with some significant weather so it's a good idea for maybe hunters who have not been active the rest of the year Mm -hmm. maybe um to remember to do some gradual walking, mm-hmm. maybe going out and checking out the area in the fair weather ahead of time to kind of acclimate themselves for being out there and doing all that walking again. Because if you get somebody that's like day one of whitetail deer season and they're like, okay, very yep. ambitious, and then they're going to head up into the woods and there might be, you know, like you said, Dave, maybe four inches of snow mm-hmm. and some different things like that. So how do you kind of keep track of each other and just for you know, the health of the hunter, making sure that you're all, you know, in a good place. Around here, uh, Regina, I know some places even have free health screening for hunters. Really? That's uh, they'll a great have idea. like at, at schools or at, you know, fire halls or whatever sometimes. So watch for that. Uh, but you're right. You don't want to be a couch potato for, you know, 11 months out of the year, not even do anything. And then, you know, on, on in deer season, go out and expect to, you know, hike uh, three miles that day. It's not going to happen. So you have to do your walking, do your prep, and, you know, and know your limits. You know, right. if you're 60 versus 20, you're, you know, there's there's a difference there. So just kind of know know your limits. Have either a walkie-talkie or now it's cell phones. Everybody has their cell phone. And, and make sure if you're hunting with uh, a buddy of yours or several, you know, make sure they know where you are, your family members and everything, and, and you know, the obvious if, if an emergency ever happens. And watch out for hazards like, you know, ice. And I think, Matt, I, I had mentioned this to you one of the times I was on my stand, and it was like freezing drizzle that was starting that afternoon, the rest of the afternoon be, from that point to when I got down off of my stand at the end of the day. And if I wasn't paying attention, that could have been really, really hazardous. My my metal ladder stand was just encrusted with ice. Oh, wow. Um, and so <laughs> that could have been a real disaster if I wasn't extremely careful knowing that there that was icy and I had to be extra, extra careful getting off of that stand. Absolutely. I think things to watch out for if you're hunting from an elevated position, a tree stand, a ladder stand, to have what are called safe lines, lifelines, where you put them in ahead of time that way when you climb up into your and out of your stand you're always connected with a safety harness uh, much like linemen use and, and you know people that work on our electric lines those types of things that you that you have some sort of safety system vest on and anytime that you take your feet off the ground you're you're hooked in uh, that's something that I think 
more and more is pretty you know back in the day not many guys use but now it's it's pretty widely accepted so that's another way to make sure you're safe and sound and then honestly i think we need to cover gun safety and sure. and, and and that type of thing as well just not walking with a loaded weapon making sure you're fingers not on the trigger making sure safety is on making sure you're aware of your surroundings that you identify your targets all those types of things that you learn in hunter education those are key things to make sure everybody going out comes home and and uh, can kiss their loved ones at night yep that's an excellent point matt I, I will never ever climbing up into my stand climbing down always unloaded always you know right. that's just standard to just do it automatically Awesome, great advice. So uh, thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciated this conversation, and uh, happy hunting. Good luck, you two. All right. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thanks to our guest, Dave Dombeck, meteorologist here at AccuWeather, and avid hunter, and Matt Drury of Drury Outdoors. And if people are looking for that podcast, Andy, where can they find it? That's right. You can check out the 100% Wild podcast online on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your favorite shows. And you can also check out Drury, D-R-U-R-Y, outdoors.com. And they're on YouTube as well. That's right. Yeah. And they also do a video podcast, so you can actually watch the interview with our very own Dave Dombeck from just a few weeks ago. It's called A Master's Class in Meteorology with Dave Dombeck. Right, and it's actually pretty interesting for yeah. those outdoorsmen who uh, really want to know how weather impacts that. And uh, speaking of weather and its impacts, we are going to be taking a look at the winter forecast. There's been a few tweaks to it. I've already had enough of winter. And it hasn't even, <laughs> I know, it's not even officially here, and I am already... One drive home in that last storm, I'm done. I know. <laughs> yeah, hey, how about it? Right. Uh, I, I, and, and, so, and it's the other drivers. I'm, like, scared yes. to death. Like, I, you know, you always set your own bar, and you're like, I'm the bar, and yeah. how I drive is good, and then all the other drivers are crazy, the people that are too fast. Exactly. Too so, um, but anyway, yeah, so we already have been dealing with snow. So there have been a few tweaks to the winter forecast. So if you want to know what the tweaks are for your specific area, be sure to tune in to our next AccuWeather podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit AccuWeather.com slash podcast. 